Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It happened because I sent him a donut selfie. He loves donuts, obviously. I send him a donut selfie. He's like, he's like, I'm so done. I want you to be my girlfriend now. And I was like, you can't just demand. Welcome back to Openly Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari, and we are in a new studio. We are back. We've got Lolo back on the show after, I don't know, six, eight months, and we have got so much going on. Um, We've got life updates for you. We've got some asking for a friend questions that we're going to dive into, and I have not read any of these to you. No clue what's happening. She loves to be surprised. Kind of nervous. Um, but we're going to dive right into it. Okay. So you are back. You don't live here anymore. You moved in with the love of your life, but back into your place, which he practically used to live at before. And things are all hunky dory. You're nesting. You're nesting. I'm nesting. So much has changed. So crazy. I know. Yeah. Like, okay. Do you want to give like a brief overview of how you realized you were in love with Johnny, who's like one of our best friends that like we've been friends with forever. Yeah. How I realized I was in love with him. Well, there was this poking that kept happening throughout the year of like, oh, like, do you like Johnny? Like Johnny, I'd be like extra happy whenever he would come stay with oh, us. Oh, like internally not. you sensed it. Yeah. Remember I even told you, I was like, I think I love Johnny. You're like, we all love Johnny. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but also like you kind of have a habit of like dating friends. Yes. Yeah. So okay. I was like, I know. leave Johnny alone. I know. Like don't, don't fuck over You're Johnny. You're right. I wasn't ready for that. I would have fucked it up. Um, now I realized when I came home from the holidays mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, what? Johnny looks different. I was like, you also got off different. birth control. Okay. Which got off birth control. You feel control. it contributed to it, right? Yep. Got off birth control. I was traveling. I was really connected with my body. So really just like dating myself, like paying attention to energy. Yeah. How I felt around certain people and I saw him and I was like, whoa there was literally like this energetic pull that i felt and i was like he wants to kiss me right now on new year's right yeah i was like he wants to kiss me it's new I year's wanna, eve i want to kiss all him. Of our friends are out i want to kiss him back i don't have the balls to do it i made out with our other friend right before <laughs> i'm like right in front I of him i'm not doing this i'm not gonna be the homie hopper i'm not doing this but you already are i know <laughs> and i was like i told coco in the bathroom i was like Yo, I think I'm in love with Johnny. She's like, all right, Lolo, like, let's regroup tomorrow. Yeah. You're drunk. <laughs> You're drunk. Let's talk about this like, in okay. the morning. So woke up here at Main House and I was like, yep, still feel the same way. She's like, all right, it's probably worth a conversation then. I was like, <gasps> you think? <laughs> She's like, well, yeah, we feel this way. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, well, 
He's not going to say something. So I got to say something. Mm-hmm. So you see something, say something. You feel something, say something. <laughs> I was like, it was so obvious to me. I'm like, he's not going to say it. Like, it's very obvious that there's a thing here. And so we were both leaving the country. I was going to Aruba. He was going to Mexico. I didn't know when I was going to see him again. So I was yeah. like, I'm just literally going to drop the bomb on him. And he was staying at Shroomville. He was staying at Shroomville. But you were living here. I was living here. And I like refused to go over there. Oh, by the way, we had like a date over here. We had a coloring book date. You FaceTimed me from it. Yeah. Don't act like I don't know. It was so You FaceTimed me from your it coloring was date. It so awkward. Because I didn't know what Or no, you sent about. me a video. You guys sent me a video. I was in... Where was I? That was after I dropped the ball. The Philippines. Anyway. Anyways, we... I was like, I have to tell him. Wait, so you told him that you think that you're in love with him? And yeah. then you had a coloring date. Yeah, like after. Sexy. So, so awkward. <laughs> I told him over sushi. I was like, hey, I'm in love with you. And he was like... We were at this conveyor belt sushi place. He was about to grab sushi. Conveyor belt yeah. sushi, you guys? Dude, it was bomb. Don't even worry about it. He was about to grab the sushi. I was like, hey, I have something to tell you. He was like, he thought I was going to be sick or something. I, he thought I said. I w- he thought that I was going to say that I was sick, like, serious. I was like, I'm <laughs> in love so with you. You're so serious. Wait, he thought I that you were going to tell him that, like, you had cancer yeah, or something? Yeah, I'm freaking out. Yeah, that's... Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So then he's like, yeah, I think me too. I was like, I know. My intuition told me. <laughs> you said that? Something like that. Like, oh I'm no- I've known. Like, I could feel it. Yeah. It's just obvious. You okay. could feel it. So he's so. like, me too. You keep eating sushi? No, we stopped eating sushi. I cracked up for probably the entire time. Couldn't stop laughing because I felt... Relief, embarrassed, embarrassed, and relief, okay. and just like a little girl, mm-hmm. and like literally was just I couldn't even get the words out. I was just like laughing so much. Yeah. So then, what did he say? He was like, "Whoa, me too." And then we, I was like, "I have no plan. I have no agenda. I don't. I just thought I should tell you this. Like, I don't know anything about we should be together or anything, but I just thought I should tell you this information." And he was like not planning on being in any type of relationship. He's like mm-hmm. traveling the world. He also like just got out. Just got a, out. What, two year off and on. Yeah, he was yeah. in a relationship for like five months before and mm-hmm. like dating other women right before me. And so he was just like, I just want to be single. I'm hitting the road. Yeah. Playing shows. Um, oh, yeah. Because he had, he had like nine months of travel plan. Yeah. So he had no plan on it. So you were like in love. Then what? Then we met in different countries. Mm-hmm. I was traveling. He was traveling. We did a long-distance relationship. Um, well, but when fun. did you decide to be, like, together at the sushi date? January I know, but, like, the other people. January 26th. Oh, okay. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. I never, I never knew that that was the day. We were like, Do you know that that's the anniversary of the date of me and my first boyfriend, Ken? <laughs> And no. Yeah, we were together for like what all is, of high school, what is it with you some of college. It's my lucky number. Yeah. Because 2-6 is my birthday. So January 26th, 2001 is when I started. And you and Pasha's anniversary is July 26th. Mm-hmm. I like to keep it in the same It's year, easy to remember. 26. So the whole time you're in Aruba, you are kind of talking about this over FaceTime. Yeah, we fell in love over FaceTime. Yeah. So I was on this solo trip. I'm on an island. I'm, you know, 
working at a wellness center, doing my own thing. I was FaceTiming Johnny for three hours a day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it happened because I sent him a donut selfie. He loves donuts, obviously. I send him a donut selfie. He's like, he's like, I'm so done. I want you to be my girlfriend now. And I was like, you can't just demand mm-hmm. like you want me to be your girlfriend. You guys are so cute. FaceTimes me. He's in San Miguel in the middle of like this romantic street. He FaceTimes me. Will you be my girlfriend? Oh my God, you guys. And I said, yes. I was like, I thought we were going to wait, but okay. Yeah. This is like a cute little high school. It was really cute. So then we just did long distance. Yes. Leaned in. Fell in love. Mm -hmm. Traveled together, Mm -hmm. which has been super fun and adventurous. Yeah. And now we just moved in together. I am so excited for you guys. Me too. Yeah. It's so funny for me and like uh, the rest of our kind of community who get to see this unfold because we all love both of you so much. And it was like right under our noses, as Kate always says, like right under our noses. Yeah. And you two are so perfect for each other, but I don't think anyone put the pieces together because you were such good friends. And like homies and yeah. like roommates sometimes because whenever Johnny is back in the country, he would stay at your place, mm-hmm. you know, which we affectionately refer to as Shroomville. Um, but we're so excited for you guys mm-hmm. and we love you both so much. And I can't wait to see what unfolds for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's cool because Pasha and I love Johnny so much and – we care about you, obviously, and there's, like, no better man, I think, <laughs> that I feel like I trust, trust and I love to, like, be your partner, and mm. it's fun. I'm sad you don't live here anymore, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, still have the room. You do. I'll but leave, I imagine that once clothes in the, dryer, you know, the so. twins come, you're probably not going to want to sleep here anymore. I'm going to come over. Sleepless nights. Do you want to do nights with me? Oh, right. The night feedings, 3 a.m. Yeah, you got to prep for what mom life is like. Yeah. I'm not going to be a mom anytime soon. Are you sure? Yes. You're not currently pregnant? No. Okay. I just got off my period. Oh, damn. I'm secretly wishing pregnancy upon her. It's like those memes you see, like, with the moms (laughs) of the babies. Like, are you sure you don't want one? Yeah. I know it'd just be so great. Our kids can be best friends. They and will they be anyway. The best but... auntie. Yeah, they need aunties. And yeah, uncle mm-hmm. to play and party with. So yeah, I'm gonna be that. Yeah, yeah. So what's new with you? I mean, my boobs. Have you seen it? They're like, I so I started pumping. Um, which for I don't people actually probably don't know this. I haven't really talked about it on the show, but um, you know we have a surrogate obviously, and in that process I decided I was going to attempt to induce lactation, which you can do. Like anyone could actually do it. Well, any anybody with boobs. Um, so you can take birth control to make your body think it's pregnant. Um, and it gives you all the hormones that a pregnant woman would have. So I started that when we went to Africa. Mm-hmm. And I've been on this and another um, hormone called Domperidone, which increases your progesterone. And my tits are huge, right? Yeah. They're pretty great. Um, and just this past week on Monday, I started pumping to 
basically trick my body into thinking now that there is like which is what a lot of people do anyway you pump to make your milk come in and my milk is coming in i got tiny little drops of colostrum uh that's the good stuff is the good stuff and it's fun it's definitely exhausting and a little bit stressful because it does not come in right away um but it's really nice because it's in some ways like i was talking to carly this morning and she's like this is basically like getting you as close to like a pregnancy experience and motherhood as mm. possible because a motherhood yeah. is frustrating it's the unknown it's emotional and those are all the things I was feeling when I first started to pump because like I didn't have the right parts and like no one tells you that you like need these special little like bottle tiny little bottles to collect colostrum and I ordered the wrong parts even though they said they were my, for my pump and they weren't for my pump and like I was just like tired and like I'm hungry all the time. Like these hormones make me so hungry. Like, you know, I've gained like 23 pounds, which for me, like at 100 pounds is like almost 25% of my body weight. So there are all these changes, but they're good changes. Mm -hmm. and they feel really good. It's just all like, it's a lot. You know, you have to pump every three hours. So like, you know, overnight too. So I'm already doing my overnights. But the cool thing is when the kids come, I'll be like, oh, I got this because yeah. I've already been doing it. So that's what's new. And we turned, you know, the open late recording studio into the nursery, which if you didn't catch the fact in <laughs> Pasha's office. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's really it. Just prepping for babies. Yeah, you're prepping your body, your temple, your space mm -hmm. for the babies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful that, you know, you are experiencing somewhat of what mothers feel like when they're pregnant mm -hmm. you know and it's not always comfortable yeah and it's also not forever and yeah doing this for the babies i know i can't wait to feed them yeah it's you know be it's such a beautiful bonding moment breastfeed twins at the same time like that's why you're trying to this happens yeah that's the naked photo shoots we'll be doing yeah people ask about naked photo shoots we're just gonna basically be like with our newborns and my boobs out all the time yeah. Maybe like strong woman. Yes. Yeah. People ask me all the time and we were doing we're gonna get into asking for a friend right now, but people ask me like, Oh, what's like Lolo's involvement gonna be? And, you know, just basically coming off of our dynamic and mm -hmm. you know, you're in this new relationship which is monogamous and now Posh and I are having twins and I'm like, Lolo's gonna be here every day. Yeah. And my kids will know Andy. that we, like, had a former relationship, I'm sure. I mean, that's not anything I'm ever going to hide from my kids. And I shouldn't say former relationship. We still have a relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, my kids are definitely going to, like, have Auntie Lolo in their lives all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. They're going to be like, why do you kiss Auntie Lolo in the mouth? <laughs> They'll probably never know. They'll probably never realize. But, you know. Yeah. I'm so beautiful. Yeah. I can't wait for the little baby to come out yeah i know is there anything else we need to cover before we get into asking for a friend there's one question that yes. people ask a lot they want to know are you and pasha gonna stay open oh for the first year yeah. oh, okay ali uh brought up a good point people do ask a lot um if you didn't hear her like if pasha and i are gonna remain open and I feel like I've addressed this question like on other people's shows and stuff, but for the record, we are remaining open. 
We are not closing our relationship just because we're having kids. Now, we are realistic people, very realistic in the fact that we know that we'll have very little time like for outside sexcapades as much as we might want to. However, if the opportunity arises, we would 100% take it. And I think we would both be happy for the other person. Or maybe there's an experience that happens for us together, which that would be probably a lot less likely because somebody needs to be with the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if I could see something happening, it would be like if Pasha goes on a business trip or like if I go on a girl's trip or something. You know, I always have great luck on girls' trips. I'm always getting laid on Manifester. Um, I like had this such a hot experience happen when we were in Africa um, in Tanzania and then Zanzibar. Mm. Um, She literally like just says, this is what I want. I want this hot guy to show up. And he literally just. Yeah. I like described him too, like what he would look like and how he would be. Yeah. Anyway. So I feel like because for us, it's such a fulfilling aspect of our relationship and our lives like yeah. we love i love when pasha gets laid by like somebody Same. new you know Honestly, yeah so, we all do i love hearing about it so. um and i think that it will ultimately make us better parents because it infuses like so much sort of new energy into us and it makes us want to connect on a deeper level like i love seeing him happy and fulfilled and he loves that for me too so I think if anything, it will probably be maybe previous partners, like we were talking about somebody mm-hmm. today, where I was like, this would be easy, and I already know this person. Um, so something like that would be convenient and time efficient yeah, for, they're understanding for us as parents. Someone who's understanding of what is going on in your life right now. Yeah, you know, that I'm a new mom. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's okay with leaking milk. <laughs> Damn, they might get some milk. Shh squirt in their face seriously this just squirts right out okay thank you for the question ally um let's get into the rest of these questions because we are asking for a friend all right let's do it so here we go my partner has a history with daddy dom little girl dynamics including one that was active when we met and ended a few months later due to her moving away This dynamic really sparks a strong negative somatic response in me when I hear people talk about it or maybe see it on FetLife. You know what FetLife is, right? Mm -hmm. It's basically like Facebook for kink and like open exploration. When I think of him in that dynamic, it's extra intense. My head knows not to judge kink, but this one I can't get over. I think it's due to times when I was pursued by men when I was young and there was an innate power balance. I'm 39 now and feel sad when I think about those encounters. Any thoughts how to navigate? <laughs> you look devastated. Maybe there's some inner work to do. Yeah. Yourself of inner child work or something. That's the first thing that comes up for me. That's what comes up for me too, for sure. I mean, she even, you know, this listener calls it out. She said, that this calls back to times when she was pursued by older men, which she doesn't feel positive about those encounters now. So I think that the the thing here is like you're in a present state with your partner. And so it's it's so important to remember not to project your past and your experiences that were not so bright or maybe traumatic onto your current relationship. 
Because what you do then is you make your partner wrong for the things that happened to you in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is a good way to practice um, staying open and not using something that happened in the past, like you just said, to affect what she does in her life in general. Right. Well, because too, the thing is, you never know that you're not going to like something mm-hmm. today that you maybe hated when you were younger. Yeah. And of course, like you have to do the inner work. So I would bring this to a therapist like or a relationship coach or even make sure you're talking openly with your partner about it. Like does her partner even know that she went through these experiences when mm-hmm. she was younger and this is like making her feel the same way? Um you know, there are all things in this question that we don't know the full backstory of. So it would be interesting to know if like she's shared this with her partner and if he knows fully what's happened to her, because then it also changes the way he's going to approach the situation. Like he'll have more compassion and understanding for where she's at. But if she doesn't share that with him, then it takes away the ability for him to do that. Yeah. And it's just going to open up more vulnerability and connection between them. Also, I know sometimes I like to talk like a baby or like a little girl. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like like, in the bedroom. I mean, in general, you know, I have like that baby voice. Yeah. You know, I know. So I think. I just don't know if they know. (laughs) How's it sound? Oh my God. Do the baby voice for them. Like, can you bend my back, please? That's the voice. Yeah. So (laughs) for me, you know. If I was going to play that role, maybe I would I would drop into the fact that sometimes I joke around like that or I talk like that. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to role playing, for me, it's more of like the commitment yeah. and the experience to have with my partner's partner. Mm-hmm. With your partner's partner? Partner. What meant to say? Yeah. <laughs> I know. All eyes on Johnny now. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting. I think, too, you brought up something – that reminds me for this this listener, there are so many things to explore and every different kink dynamic has a full spectrum, right? Like this is DDLG, which, you know, for people who maybe are new to this, um, is daddy dom little girl. And that can go to the way extreme, but it could also just go to the very soft, soft place. Like Pasha and I play in that soft place of like dom, sub, like I don't go full on little girl because that doesn't turn me on, but I definitely mm-hmm. go mildly like he's daddy, he'll call me, you know, his little girl sometimes. And I'm just like, okay, that's great for me in the bedroom, but there are people who play out their full lives mm-hmm. with these scenes and they don't break these characters when they're together. And so I think it's also important to see that for what it is. Like you can play in the, like the, the like, you know, kiddie pool like no pun intended actually (laughs) don't play in the kiddie pool but play in like you know not the deep end like dip your toes in yeah but definitely go to therapy moral of the story Mm -hmm. therapy and trying different experiences you know i like the whole committing to a character yeah kind of thing i know you do (laughs) seeing where you can go yeah have you done it recently um, okay. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. not with, um, well, schoolgirl. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you don't have to. 
No, it's fine. It's fun. Do you because... have consent from Johnny to tell I mean, the world? He's fine. Yeah. No, you should definitely get consent from Johnny. Okay, I'll ask him after this. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's fine. Okay. Um, so I n- knew that that's something that turned him on mm-hmm. and that he was excited about. Is yeah. like me being like a Catholic schoolgirl mm-hmm. and him kind of being the teacher or the principal. Mm-hmm. Like being more demanding. That's a variation of teacher. This. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. You're right. And so for me, I was like, okay, how am I going to approach this? I was looking for the right time to dress up. We were in Germany, in Berlin, mm-hmm. and we had moved some furniture around in our apartment to do a sexy photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And so we hadn't moved it back yet. And so I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity, perfect setup for me to go change really quick into my schoolgirl outfit and be like oh mr reyes can i help you move the furniture back i really need some extra credit oh my god so i was playing the like <laughs> kiss ass yeah. student like what can i with do? bad grades yeah Such like, a stretch i need <laughs> i need to um you know i need some extra credit from the teacher i'll do whatever it takes so yeah for me Playing that role was really fun. Of course, there was moments where I would like giggle and Mm -hmm. kind of break out of it. But at the end of the day, it felt really good to do that for him. Mm -hmm. It felt really creative and fun. It switched up our sexual dynamic and just brought some like sexiness and lightness. Yeah. Well, you're so performative too. Like you love that in your regular life. So why wouldn't you do that in the bedroom? Yeah. Thanks for sharing your yeah. experience. I She debuted her outfit for us when we were in oh Africa earlier this God. year. So I got to see it before, uh, you know, it went down yeah. in Germany. <laughs> okay. Let's go to question number two. All right. Oh, how are we doing, Allie? Great. I want to introduce Allie because she has been producing this show for a year now. And we have her in the room with us today. She's usually in the room, but I was like, Allie, I I want you to be present. I want you to keep us on track because when we're together, we get sidetracked. Um, And make sure we're covering everything because Allie is also, you know, Gen Z. So sometimes I miss things that people might want to know. And I think you bring a lot of color to the show. So give it up for Allie. She also chose the questions. Yes. Snaps for Allie. Yeah, thank you. I'm just over here taking notes for my personal life as well. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, here we go. So this is the next question. How do you deal with relationship conversation fatigue? There's so much to work out and talk about sometimes, especially in non-monogamous relationships, that it can feel like a constant uphill battle that will never end. What keeps you motivated or drives you to take the pause you need to keep going? This is such a good question. Mm. And I think that, you know, this is also a spectrum. So brand new relationships where people are exploring maybe not even an open dynamic, like you and Johnny, for example, new relationship, but it was a relationship transition because you guys were best friends, you know, and moving into this. So there's a ton of conversations you were formerly open. He also was like navigating an open slash closing slash opening relationship often. So there's 
even in your relationship, so much to talk about. Like, okay, what are we going to be doing and how are we going to establish our boundaries, our commitments to each other? And then if you're, you know, just starting out and wanting to be non-monogamous, which is not your case in the moment, there is – you have to bring in the other person's experiences. If they have experiences with it, say you're together for 20 years, monogamous, and you want to open now. There's just like any way you slice it, there's going to be a lot of work and a lot of conversations. And I think this person is bringing up something that we don't often talk about. Like it can be exhausting. And how do you know when to press the pause button? Do you want me to go first? I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yes, please. So I think that like anything else in life, like think about work, like work fatigue. You can't just bang your head against the wall over and over with something that you're not making any progress on. Whereas if you are making progress and you're taking things in stride and new doorways and windows are opening up, that feels really good and keeps you motivated. But if things aren't working out, that is such a good time you feel yourself getting fatigued to take a pause. Like, some people listening might have multiple partners and dynamics. So not only are you having conversations maybe with your primary partner, but you're also having conversations with this new person that you started dating. And maybe like they have a partner that you're involved in their dynamic or, you know, you could be dating multiple people. So I would say when things feel stressful or they feel like they're not working, like you're trying to fit a square into a circle, it's a good time to remind yourself to pause and the thing that I always love to do myself and also to tell other people is to get yourself well-resourced because just like in regular work, it's really hard to work when you're hungry or you're thirsty or you're irritable or you need fresh air. So treat yourself the same way you would in your relationship dynamic. If you're going home with your primary partner and it always feels like there's friction in the conversation – Take some time. Take take like a few days where you're like, okay, we're not going to talk about anything. We're just going to cohabitate and we're going to enjoy each other's company. Or take like a press pause and go out on a date where you're not talking about anything in your dynamic or anything about anybody new, but your full intention is just to enjoy each other's company like in that time. So I think that knowing when to step back and take those pauses and to like, are you taking care of your body? Are you going to the gym, right? Like, are you doing your meditation practice? Get yourself resourced again. Fill your cup. Get yourself back to that place where then you can engage the world again, like not hangry, like, you know, for lack of a better way to explain it. Um, And I think it's like striking that balance where then you can go in again and like chip away, you know, at like the issues within the relationship or setting up what the dynamics or what you want your relationship to look like, um, what keeps you motivated. This is the other thing I wanted to touch on. A good relationship with promise or a partner that's showing up and also doing the work keeps me motivated. Mm -hmm. But like if you notice that the other person isn't engaging the way that you are in this healthy way, then I'm then I'm unmotivated to like keep doing anything about it. And I don't want to have the conversations if it feels hard, you know? And that's when I would think, okay, maybe this isn't going to work out or this is a good time to move on from this. But um, hopefully this person has a good partner that is also doing the work and you know how to 
sort of balance balance that out, right? Yeah, I agree with what you just said with doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know, like your other person, your partner is taking care of themselves. They're growing or constantly putting out good energy for themselves, for the world, for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, doing your own personal self-care. Like yeah. literally not using your phone one day and just going on a walk for 20 mm-hmm. minutes first thing in the morning is very powerful for me. And yeah. like I just – feelings start to come out and like I'm like dropping into this place of gratitude. It feels like I'm really like clearing out a lot of space to be able to have conversations with loved ones or even yeah. hard conversations. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and – Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Um, and also at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, is... I look at it as like when you're in partnership, you're in this love temple together and you're both adding in like love deposits into mm. the love bank, you know? I love so that. like these type of conversations that can feel hard, it's like, okay, like how am I going to show up so that my partner, I, I can receive my partner, they can receive me and we can just put in a nice love deposit in the love bank, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, because at the end of the day, if we're right or die, if we're in love, if we're getting, if we're married, you know, mm-hmm. like this is, I choose you. Yeah. So we need to, yeah, shift how we show up if we're coming up, coming with fatigue to conversations. Yeah. You know what you just made me think of too? It's like how you do one thing is how you do anything. And so like um, a practice that I would always do when, you know, I was coaching is like, you don't need to have the word relationship in front of it. It's like, how do you deal with fatigue, period? If you're fatigued in one area of your life, like look at all the other areas of your life and strategize the same way you would, like I said earlier, like work fatigue or when your muscles are fatigued from working out, like you take a step back and take care of yourself. Maybe yoga or maybe you Mm -hmm. just walk. Yeah, and it's like if you're – relationship is causing that level of fatigue like it's it's a signal from your body and your brain that that engagement is too much for you at the moment and it reminds this is what I kind of wanted to say it reminds me of um, Irene Morning's book The Polyamory Paradox where she talks about the window of tolerance it's like you can be growing and within your window of tolerance where like things are uncomfortable you're a little triggered but it's like a way for you to grow but the moment you go outside of your window of tolerance into like a high stress state you could do more harm than good and it's the same with fatigue in your body like you can 
stress out your adrenals, for example, when we're talking about the body. And that's like really hard to recover from. So I would just caution to this listener and anyone who this is resonating with, like if you're experiencing fatigue, like pause and go take care of yourself. Don't keep pushing through. You can do more harm than good. Well said. Yeah. Okay. Should we move on? Mm Mm-hmm. You liking these questions? Yeah, these are fun. Yeah. Okay. My partner and I were primaries, talking marriage and kids before he lost his job and started dating someone new. With this change, the hierarchy and future planning also went out the window. How do I get over something like this? I'm terrified to continue to be polyamorous and fall in love and trust people now. This situation completely completely destroyed my relationship. Oof. Mm. That's tough. Heal yourself. Take time. Feel it, heal it, cleanse it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lolo's like, date come- yourself hardcore. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's the perfect, you know, way to get to know yourself and replenish yourself to decide, like, what you truly want mm. in a relationship. How did you date yourself? Because you did that for a minute. Yeah. Honestly, it happened after Last summer. Pretty basically yeah, when you lush. broke up with me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> was that no? I was shortly after. For me, I started traveling. Like I mm-hmm. let go of dating. I mm-hmm. stopped doing. I was dating a lot. Like, yeah, on a lot of different sites, all the time. It was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I loved it. No regrets. I loved it. the story. There was always so much stories. You know, and then I was like, well, just leave the country. <laughs> I left and went traveling. So for me, dating myself hardcore, that's what it meant, is like listening to the things I always wanted to do mm-hmm. and checking them off my list. I always wanted to be a nomad and travel. And by doing that, yes, I did it for myself for the experience, but it actually made me realize what I truly wanted in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And... My boyfriend now is the complete opposite of guys that I've gone for. Oh my god! In the past, one eighty. And so I really think that I needed to like leave LA, leave my routine, mm-hmm. and I was in other countries where I was just focused on myself. I was in Aruba, yeah. in your photography. Island. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was just focused on my creativity and doing ceremonies around the world, and so. For me, leaving the distraction, even like leaving the dating scene to really drop in that like leaving the noise, not thinking because I was always too worried about what people might think of me. And so I just dropped into really what my heart wanted. So when it comes to going through a breakup, you know, how do I overcome this? How can I date again? For me, the first thing that comes up is just replenishing your heart and your body, what it mm-hmm. really wants and what you get to spend time creating with your new life. Yeah. And then love of your life comes through. I love it. I mean, that is what happened for you. For me, it. yeah. I mean, you really – you live your truth. And I love that that was your snap insta call on this is date yourself. I think that um, that's such a powerful response. So many people put – like they're all into relationships and it might be the biggest, most important thing in their lives, right? Their like their love, 
And I think what you're demonstrating too is that there's so many other facets of life to fill you up and to be in love with. Mm-hmm. Like whether it be travel, new experiences, career, Community. changing how you live, like entirely having like the stability in an apartment to like putting everything in storage and like just going, you know? Um, so having a big shift in your life period, like doing a 180 yourself can really help you realize that you can do hard things. And I think what this person here is like, the last line is I'm terrified to continue to be polyamorous and fall in love and trust people now. So I love what Lauren's saying because it's like, well, don't worry about trusting anyone. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And it can be really challenging to let people in again. But if you are so in love with yourself that like nothing can sort of knock you off your – like if you think that you're the most magical person in the room, then you actually don't need anyone else. And when you approach life from like not needing anything from anyone, that's a powerful place. Now, of course, it's important to like balance and be able to come back to vulnerability and come back to connecting with others. Um, but I think that that is a really powerful practice. So I love your response. Um, I want to point out the first thing that popped up for me as I was reading this is if a person so easily because their life changed that they like lost their job and started dating someone else and like the dynamic shifted and now that person is their primary, then perhaps the relationship wasn't solid to begin with. And perhaps you two weren't right for each other. Maybe this person does realize that. And like, I hope that you do. Because if something can so easily slip, then it's not meant for you. And also, hopefully, like we've gotten to a place as a community where we stop wanting things that aren't right for us. Like stop trying to make things work. But it does not ease the blow of things falling apart. And that I fully understand. And I want to be like compassionate about that. But it's such a good almost like um, navigation tool to remind yourself, I only want to move towards things that are right for me, that are a right fit. And it seems like this person like was not truly committed to you and did not want the same future you did. So when you, this would be my advice too, is like when you can look at everything that happens to you, even if it really sucks and it really fucking hurts as like happening for you and not to you, you start to look at life as a gift. Like, okay, that person, maybe commitment issues, maybe wishy-washy, maybe just wants different things from me. Maybe he's a beautiful person, but not well-matched. And the universe took them out of your life for a reason. Like it removed them so that you have space for something new to come in. So I think that that is a really important thing to keep in mind. And like to, to be – to continue being polyamorous, fall in love, and trust people again. To be in a place where you're terrified to do that, it's like take small steps. Take really small, actionable steps where you practice trusting. Maybe it's just friends and family. Maybe it's like asking for help and support from your friends and saying like, I'm in a really like low place. Like, how do I do this? And, you know, maybe – polyamory the other thing is like polyamory might not be right for you i was just gonna say that you know um if it's really hard to lose partners and have people come in and out of your life this also might not be the right dynamic if you know i would say don't write it off just because of one bad experience because 
as we all know, like relationships are a spectrum and you could meet the person who's going to practice, you know, non-monogamy with you in a way that like you love and that feels really good and that feels healthy and that you can trust them and they're great communicators. Um, so, I mean, there's a, there's a whole slew of ways to approach this. And I think that you made a great point. And I would just say to remember that everything that happens for you is a blessing and the universe is probably like, I'm going to remove this red flag person, put them over here so that your like real love or loves can come in. So, yeah. And just one more comment, um, that being polyamorous, like for my experience, literally fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. with you and Pasha. It wasn't something that I was ever planning to do. And for me, it's not something or the only way that I will do it is if I feel completely safe mm-hmm. with my partners. And so I felt so safe to explore that with you and Pasha. And now in my relationship, it's like we practice the principles of polyamory. We're not mm-hmm. sexually seeing any anybody else, but we're very like we have so many other relationships. For the first seven months of our life, it was long distance. So mm-hmm. I feel like we really practiced that. So just like any other relationships, it's going to be the right person that makes you feel safe mm. to be able to explore and that over-communicates. So. Yeah. Yeah. A quality person is going to create safety in your relationship, whether they are with someone else as a primary or not actually which was exactly what happened between us like yeah and we never really used like the term primary but I mean Pasha and I are married and you came into our lives what six years into our relationship and so even though like I am his you know maybe first priority and he has this commitment to me by law we're in this marriage he created so much safety for you and you know you've said this before on the podcast but like never made you feel like you were second no. or there was this like hierarchy so um this is just a bad match by the way yeah there's uh, there's experience person yeah there's experiences that you can have that too much Allie. <laughs> <laughs> there could be a you can find yourself an experience like me pasha and jess had and it was like so magical and it was so perfect um so just know that it's out there yeah. All right. Last question. This one is like a paragraph. Oh, okay. Okay. It's like, is it dirty? I don't know. I didn't reread these <laughs> either, actually. I kind of skimmed them like when we were supposed to record last week, but then you got sick. So I, I think I looked them over. Um. Okay. <laughs> Do you want it to be dirty? I don't know. Maybe. There were some dirty questions that, you know what, maybe we should – oh, this is a, this is the second to last question. Sorry. There, But people did – I put a thing on Instagram, like a chat box, like do you have any questions Lauren and I are going to record. The only questions we got are when are we going to have sex again or are we still are we still having sex? When are we doing a naked photo shoot? And then um, like a friend of ours, somebody that we know was like, can I be in your dynamic with you two? <laughs> Basically, once like a lesbian threesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we're not answering any of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, do you think we'll, we'll definitely do naked photo shoots oh, in the future? That's never going to go away. Do you think we'll ever have sex again? Who knows what the future holds? I right? know. I, I mean, maybe say. we will. 
Who knows? I mean, I don't know. As of now, I'm super monogamous. Yeah, I know that. But like, you know, 10 years down the line, Listen. when I look like a granny. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're both looking like grannies. I'm actually, I we're can't wait to ask like Johnny grannies. if he thinks that we'll ever have sex again, me and you. He's probably going to be like, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what he'll say. I don't think we will, actually. I'm just being funny. I'm just doing a bit for my show. Um, okay. I'm a husband trying to navigate non-monogamy with my wife. We don't see eye to eye on the subject, and it feels like we're stuck. We have explored some aspects of swinging and ethical non-monogamy, but my wife does not want to explore anymore. She's tried some things that I haven't been allowed to. I enjoy watching her have sex, but I also want some new experiences that I'm not allowed to get. Instead, she's going through my phone and questioning my fidelity. How do I tell her that I need something more than lay on your back sex at a minimum? I feel like I want more variety of connections, new and different experiences. I'd like to open our relationship for new partners and experiences for both of us so we can grow individually and together. I love and care for her. But do I have to sacrifice my desires? We've been to therapy and she knows how I feel, but kind of just does nothing unless I raise the issue. And then it's awkward and she tries to shut it down. So we go back to the business slash partnership and our sex life is not really existent. Hmm. What to do? Thanks. Hmm. This is so tough. You want to take a lead? Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. My heart, like, my heart goes out to this person and it's not just because it's this person this is I we get this kind of thing a lot like on the show and like a lot of the dms on instagram over the years have been this very thing and I've talked about it but in like on different shows with different topics and I just feel like so many people are living this exact life where the sex really isn't there. Relationships, especially like long-term monogamous ones, tend to slide into a partnership or a business-like dynamic, right? Or you're like maybe running a household together or you have kids and people feel like they're living these like half versions of themselves because they're not fully expressed in their sex life or in their connections. Maybe it's not even sex, but it sounds like from this person's experience, and I'm, I'm going to guess that it's a man just because of statistics. Like, um, I mean, it could be a woman with a wife, but it could be anybody with a wife. But we'll just say that it's a dude. And I feel like he, you know, has tried and has shared that he just wants to experience his, like, connections with other people too. And when you're craving that, it's because there's a part of yourself that hasn't been accessed in a while that mm-hmm. you haven't brought out to play. It's like there's a part of yourself that's inside that's like – slowly dying, you know, or like just has been kind of in the, in a dark corner for a while, like getting dusty. And that's like, that's the crazy thing about non-monogamy. It's, it's like not about the other person, this new person. A lot of people think it is, oh, I have such a great connection with this new person. It's like, oh no, this new person brings out a side of you that you love, mm-hmm. that you haven't experienced in a while. Right. And so I think that like on a macro level, we just like live in a society and a country, right? And a culture that is geared towards monogamy where people think that that is the norm. And so it's really hard for people to break out of the box. And it's hard for the wife because non-monogamy is still so taboo and probably feels 
so foreign to her and doesn't feel safe, doesn't feel mm-hmm. like that's why she's going through your phone. That's why she is accusing, you know, you of infidelity because there hasn't been enough safety created in the relationship for her to like let her guard down and let those walls down. I mean, the other thing is maybe it's just not the right fit for her. And so I think, you know, working that out with a therapist or coach, I mean, I know we always go back to this, but that would be number one. And if, you know, this is something that you have brought up multiple times and nothing is happening or like, it sounds like because your wife gets rather shut down and it gets awkward and then she kind of like shoves it under the rug, it sounds like it's not even landing with her. Like she's not hearing you and what you need. Um, So I think bringing the vulnerability to the conversation and like letting her know that there are sides of you that you want to express and that you haven't been able to. And if all else fails, this might not be the right partnership for you, as sad as it is to say. Um, And that's such a hard thing that people have to make a choice between because, you know, you build a life with somebody, you know, and I don't know, maybe there there are no kids mentioned here, but, um, but I think being fully expressed in yourself, whether it be sexually or, you know, just artistically, using your voice, using all these sides of yourself, it's the most important thing is to be fully expressed in your life. Because when you are, you're on top of the world. And that's like what we're here for, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think you have to put yourself first in this situation. Um, And like the question earlier about fatigue, like if you've tried a bunch of times and it is not working and the shoe does not fit, then it might be time to move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or approach it from a different angle. Like you said, vulnerability mm-hmm. um, and expressing how important it is, but like really dropping into like the feeling you want to feel and even comparing it to like a feeling that you felt maybe when you were a child or something, you know, mm-hmm. like that you haven't felt in a long time. Um, like what? So I'm curious. I guess like what I, what I mean by that is when it, well, when it comes to creativity too, like that's like same sexual Mm -hmm. energy you know um or maybe you haven't like freaking cracked up with your partner in a long time or Mm -hmm. you haven't um yeah explored creatively together Mm -hmm. i feel like there's always room for creativity in relationships and sometimes it does take having a coach or doing an activity that puts you in a place where you're creating together Mm -hmm. or building together discovering together exploring growing together and you see your partner in a different way that you might not always in the day-to-day life as some people can be an autopilot. I love that. I love what you're saying because I, I feel like too, as I mentioned earlier, there's not trust. There's not a foundation of trust in this relationship and that's why it's really hard for the wife to step into this pool with him. But also, yeah, like it takes two to tango with a sex life. And what you're saying is like invite newness, invite play, and invite these different experiences because they bleed into all the other areas of your mm-hmm. life too. So if you feel like, you know, your sex life is mediocre, like are you not showing up to create like fun and levity and beauty with your partner in all other areas that will then make your sex life more fun and more 
expansive. Exciting and expansive. Yeah. And then from that place, approaching non-monogamy. Because I always like would tell people to when they would come to me and be like, the sex isn't great here. Like we're thinking about opening. And it's like, can you actually get your relationship to a place of like somewhere above an eight before you open? Because then you're opening from a place Mm. of like full cup, you know, and it's not always possible. Like that's not like my end all be all for people, but it's a good way to approach non-monogamy because a lot of times people do want that need met from their partner. They might be okay getting it somewhere else, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's like, oh, but I kind of wish like we could have it here too. And I want it outside because like I'm a woman and I want, want, want more. Yeah. Yeah. And also not having an ego about it or thinking that outside support can't help. Mm. You know, having somebody who's an expert in kinky play in the bedroom mm-hmm. might really support and spice up the way you show up in the bedroom. Yeah. You know? Um mm-hmm. even in just saying, even in my photo shoots, the way when I work with couples and we do our sexy photo shoots some of them haven't expressed themselves like that with each other in a long time or ever yeah ever period like when I show them the photos after they're like damn I look good damn we look good together yeah or like wow that's how you look at me Mm -hmm. you know being able to see it and so even like just adding in an activity to spice up your relationship yeah really changes the energy yeah it could be like groundbreaking for people sure yeah hire Lolo I got you okay last question it's warm in here these lights we're in we're in pasha's office that's why it's very masculine in here the energy um yeah anyway how do you navigate being poly when your partner isn't quite as poly if at all my wife is exploring poly and feels like it fits her i don't think i'm wired for it how do you balance those differences What? How would you do it? If my partner was more poly than me. Or if, like if Johnny was like, yeah, I want to be open. And you were like. So Johnny I and I made a pact that we're never going to hold each other back. Mm-hmm. So that we're always going to do what we meant to do in life. Either that's career wise or. If, booty. Yeah, if that happens, you know. But we're always really. We come back to home with communication mm-hmm. at all times. So. If that was something he wanted to explore for me personally, I can't hold him back. You know, it would Mm -hmm. just open up for more conversations. If I, hmm, well, yeah. How would you balance it? I know. I was thinking like, I'm not going to completely, I'm not going to change who I am, Mm -hmm. you know? I was like, you know, automatically my head goes to like, how can I support you with this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Yeah. like, Like, can I like can I be that person, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but at the end of the day, if he has these desires and if he wants to do something, mm-hmm. then he should do it. And I, I learned that with being with you and Pasha. Yeah. It's like all the <laughs> fantasies that we lived out to yeah. sexually, but in general, in life, if there's something that you want to do, you got to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's always going to be a thing you want to explore. And the last thing I would want is resentment in my relationship. So yeah. I believe that we can get through whatever yeah. challenges come our way, me personally. Um, so, yeah, so it would just be a lot of communication 
you would balance it with communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And me, I mean, me exercising, being open to this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that would, would... Would you go and maybe have more open experiences to create balance even if you mm. felt like you didn't really want them? If I didn't really want them, I would probably create more on the things that make me happy, like mm-hmm. creatively, career, maybe travel. I would just put more energy into what I'm working yeah. on. Yeah. Your music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Practicing music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say that's it for me too. And it sounds like from the way that this question is sort of asked that you're open to your wife being poly. And you don't think you're wired for it and you understand it from a logical, like, place that, like, it's for some people and some mm-hmm. people are not. And, like, it sounds like you are open to having this relationship dynamic of, like, monopoly, which is really cool. Um, we have a couple episodes on this specifically and we'll link them in the show notes. I'm not going to, like, dive deep into it um, today. But I think you balance it kind of like Lauren said. It, it It's going to cause you to grow so much by like you being monogamous and sort of watching your partner experience new connections, potentially new love, new sexual experiences. So that alone will give you plenty to do while your partner is dating. Mm -hmm. Um, And the cool thing is if you're open to the growth and the development, but also like trying to stay true to who you are and being like, I'm not going to dive into this pool just because this person is. Like I try to remind people we make sex so precious, but it's essentially like Pasha's really into pickleball right now. Like he just started playing, I don't know what, like three months ago. He's like super into pickleball. And it's like me being like, well, because he's into pickleball, like I have to get into pickleball and I suck <laughs> at pickleball and I really don't like it because I do not like cardio or sweating, but like I have to go play pickleball now because he is. I don't want to get left behind. He's in a league. I need to be in a league. I need to know all the same people. That's kind of what it's like when – someone's like I think I might be polyamorous and I want to explore that and someone who is inherently monogamous and they know they're monogamous and they know that one person makes them happy and they're not into all the other bit but they dive into it anyway because their partner is Mm -hmm. like it's a recipe for disaster and there's nothing wrong with exploring it and like dipping your toes in and seeing like okay could this be right for me right but it's just funny because like, this is what people do all day long and it's like you don't have to play pickleball yeah. if you don't want to it's a code it's like, okay to be like i love this journey yeah for you. stay on your slow walk this is your journey yeah love it for you jomo jomo joy of missing out joy of missing out yeah yeah that's how i felt when johnny went to burning man yeah you know i was like go have fun mm-hmm. play all the music be in the no, mud knowing he's gonna be in the mud be around a bunch of naked people all the time who knows like women were probably hitting on him left and right he's playing a bunch of shows but now like, you know what i have to ask like does it turn you on when like you think about johnny like flirting with other women or them because like coming from like being in this dynamic and then moving into monogamy chosen monogamy like are you like thinking about it at all see i like when girls come up to him yeah and hit on him turns you on yeah, like I've yeah. seen it happen or I like won't hang out with him as much at the DJ booth when he's DJing so that, you know, if girls want to say hi, they can say hi. It's like, but it's more so like, that's my man, we're going home at the end of, at the, end mm-hmm. of the night. Um, so much fun. And like, yeah, I don't mind girls flirting with me. Mm-hmm. Like if they initiate it, like that's totally, yeah. I haven't like seen it 
you know, he has a lot of girlfriends. So yeah. I'm used to a mm-hmm. lot of girls calling him and yeah. being friends with him. Um, but yeah, lately I've just been saying like, I love that journey for you. Mm-hmm. Like, go do Show that thing. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It's well, this was real. fun. It's been so real. Um, yeah, this was really fun. Asking for a friend because people can't ask the questions themselves, so they like to keep them anonymous. Keep the questions coming. We love yes. them. Allie, do you have any last words? No, this is just so entertaining. I love it. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the well i'm so glad you're here we love you thank you for everything that you do for this show to make it successful we love you all right and well you're hot. yeah you she won't see me but i'm hot she won't come on camera but ali's a smoke show she's not um okay well thank you for catching up with lolo and being with us for this episode of asking for a friend as i mentioned we put the link for your anonymous questions in the show notes it's also in our uh, link tree on Instagram. Make sure you like and review the show. Let us know what you think about it and come back next week for more amazingness. I love you all and ta-ta for now. Hey, podcast listener, do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.